Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Alaska, this is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the midweek edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. I want to thank you for joining me, and if you could just take one second and give us a five-star review, that would be very much appreciated. For us, it means a lot that you guys would actually take the time to do so, and it helps us in searches. If some people are looking for Alaska politics or just politics in general, it really helps in that area. So if you can go ahead and just take just five seconds and give us a five-star review, that would be Great. Also, if you want to just do an extra step further, go ahead and give us a written view as well. It's uh, it's great to hear from our listeners. It's also great to see your feedback. And also, it's an encouragement as well. It's been great to see you guys encourage us as we continue to provide this content on a weekly basis. So again, if you have some time, we'd love for you to be able to do that as well. So let's get into some of the quick hits today, some of the things that are coming out of uh, both Juno, Alaska in general, and in D.C. And the first thing I want to touch on is Don Young introduces the Tourism Recovery Act. Now, this is in response to the fact that our tourism economy is going to take another massive hit. And a lot of the reason for that is because Canada is closing its ports. Now, there's a lot of speculation as to why that is. Uh, Canada did not have its ports uh, all closed, but when the Keystone Pipeline project was completely decimated and, and canceled, uh, things changed for Canada and they started closing ports. And so one would conclude that that was a direct response to the fact that the Biden administration said, ah, we're not, we're not going to move forward with the Keystone Pipeline project from our end. Um, it's costing thousands of jobs. Uh, also, the ability for America to be energy independent goes once again down the toilet uh, along with other things. So um, what... Congressman Don Young is trying to do is is help Alaska's tourism, especially the people that make their living off this tourism industry. And and there's still hope. There's still a possibility that um, that some cruises may be happening in the 2021 cruise season, but we don't know. And and listen, it's estimated that it takes about 90 days for the industry to put ships back into service that have been either laid up or or are stored or, you know, however, whatever the technical term is, I'm not quite sure. But in doing so, it's it's a temporary fix designated to um, help with those kind of round-trip voyages. Uh, so, as Don Young says, if cruises can safely proceed, and I believe they can, then we ought to do everything possible to alleviate the stress and anxiety of families whose livelihoods depend on tourists coming to Alaska to experience our great state. Vaccinations continue to ramp up, and daily cases are on the decline. By the time the 2021 cruise season typically starts, I'm confident that we'll be in a strong position to allow cruises to resume with proper safeguards in place. Now, I have a friend who actually works in the industry, and what I'm hearing is that from an industry perspective, uh, nobody knows really the true ins and outs of what's needed now there's a high level 36,000 foot overview of hey here are the stages you need to get in here's what needs to happen um 
for those of you who are actually maybe interested in this, there could be a possibility of people getting free cruises as a way to test out um, the safeguards put in place by a lot of these cruise lines. But what I'm hearing is this. I'm hearing that it's not necessarily the stages that are confusing. It's actually how do you start the process? That is what's confusing. Right now, a lot of the cruise line industry doesn't even know how to begin the process of getting into these phases so that they can start uh, their their normal cruise times and and season. So that's the biggest problem right now I'm seeing, and I'm hearing this from, again, an industry insider, that really the biggest problem is not the rollout phase, the 36,000 view of what's necessary. It's actually how do they begin the process of moving forward? And without that, you're, they're just sitting there. These, these cruise lines are kind of hamstrung with nothing they can do because there's no clear-cut way to begin this process. So while this is going to be great, and I hope you know we can really help our tourism, particularly since it's a large part of our process here in Alaska. When I say process, I mean economy. At this point, one of the biggest roadblocks from actually getting started and resuming the cruise season is the fact that nobody knows, nobody knows how to start the process. So again, thank you for Don Young for for you know obviously thinking about Alaskans as a, what he's supposed to do, and and again thinking about a major part of our economy that's going to be hamstrung here, and and let's be honest, a lot of the 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 towns and and um, ports that are going to be really affected by this are on the southeast and. And again, on the water. So you got Juneau and, and Ketchikan and Skagway and and Whittier and Cordova and, and many others that are going to be affected. Affected. And, and Young says as much. He says communities such as Juneau, Ketchikan, Cordova, Whittier, and countless others are already suffering from the recession caused by the pandemic. All Alaskans are asking for this. For all Alaskans asking for, excuse me, is an opportunity to open their doors and make an honest living this summer. And we must give them a fighting chance. And I agree. I agree. Listen, those ports, those waterway communities need need the cruise industry this year. Or I don't know how long they can survive on their own. And that's just a fact. I mean, that's just a fact. A lot of those towns survive on the fact that they have tourism. So this is a big deal for Alaska. And again, remember, we're already getting it from one side, which is the oil and gas industry. We're already getting squeezed there. If, if we get squeezed on tourism, the the economic future of our state is looking very bleak right now. So again, I appreciate Congressman Don Young doing um, doing that and and putting that forward in Congress. But really, this needs to this needs to have swift action. And the biggest thing is. We need to let those cruise companies know exactly how to start the process. Not that they need to know the process. They already have that. What happens in each phase, they know that. They just need to know how they begin the process. That's the biggest stumbling block. Well, moving on, we've got a couple of uh, civil servants, I guess we can call them, that have tested positive for for COVID. Obviously, one was Governor Mike Dunleavy. He tested positive. And the other one is Rep. Mike Kronk. He uh, tested positive, and I think both are recovering fairly well right now. I think they both have mild symptoms. But uh, again, just some some interesting uh, developments there. Uh, I would assume that most have been trying to keep um, in compliance with exactly what's being asked of them in terms of COVID 
regulations in Juno, which are which are pretty staunch. So um, again, we we hope them for both a speedy recovery, but also that uh, we can once again get get the job done here in our state uh, as government officials and, and within the legislature too. Because listen, we need to start really being proactive in Juno about many things, and it's not just sitting back and waiting and hoping that um, you know, hoping that government funding is going to come get us out of a really difficult situation. We need to start really looking. And and here's the other deal. Oil is going to rise. It is going to rise as demand increases and supply decreases. Oil will rise and it's going to squeeze and we're going to get back up again. And we're, it, I'm telling you, what, mark my words, right now it's already raised up to almost three bucks a gallon at the at the pump. Again, you're talking about adding taxes, transportation taxes, state taxes, federal to all that. But it is going to continue to rise, which also begs another question. It begs another question, which is, are, are you know, what's going to happen to Alaskans in this sense? Are we going to be able to match what has been an already contentious supplement to this increase in tax on our oil, or even the fact that oil is going to rise with the PFD? Are we going to be able to supplement that? Or are we going to continue to take 50% of the PFD to balance a budget that is bloated anyways? And that's really the question. I mean, all these, I mean, every decision we make here in Alaska, because we're so interwoven and intimately tied together, really affects everything else. And so the decisions in Anwar, the decisions in a lot of areas are going to create a ripple effect in our economy and also in our prices, whether it's natural gas, whether it's oil or whether it's um, uh, regardless of what it is. And, And I'm telling you right now, I've yet to be convinced of a good argument for going completely green. What what I see is that it'll cost the average American far more to go green than it would to not, to stay where we are. It, it'll cost far more. And it's not just the setup infrastructure. It is a, a, a foreseeable future increase in economic burden on the average American family and the average Alaskan family. Um, it's stunning how much more it would cost for Americans to have green energy right now. And that's just a fact. I mean, it's, it's, there, there have been plenty of people that have brought this forward. The, the reality is, is that we're unwilling, unwilling to do something that could be coincided with gas and oil. This is, this is why we are where we are with the Keystone Project done. However, we'll be more than willing to fund uh, the federal government, be more willing, or the Biden administration, be more willing to push a, pipeline in i don't remember if it's afghanistan or somewhere around that region we're more than willing to to endorse that and push that but not not to provide jobs and economic security in our own country and through canada it's it's simply amazing so um off on a tangent there but we do hope for speed recovery for rep mike crunk and governor dunleavy another interesting note is the census data which is supposed to be ready by the April 30th deadline for the state, now won't be ready until September 30th. So if we're counting here, April to May, May to June, June to July, July to August, August to September. So we're talking about five month difference. And why why does it even matter? Well, it matters because we're in the process of redistricting. And, And that happens every 10 years. We look at political, quote, political boundaries, and it's redistricting. And the problem with this is that we're butting up against the 2022 midterm elections. 
And redistricting is a huge deal. I mean, it is a battle. It is something that happens. Uh, <clears throat> things are fought. Favors are done. I mean, it is crazy. It is crazy what redistricting does. It, it's, an, it's a whole nother sub game to politics. And so now we have this really big issue because we're not getting our actual census data until September 30th, 2021, when midterm elections are right around the corner. Big deal. Big deal. And again, redistricting is a fight on its own. There are so many things, favors pulled, um, back channeling, all of that. It's politics, but it's 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 a microcosm of politics and it's intensified and it's concentrated. So that's going to be a bit of an issue. I mean, you're you're pushing the deadline five months, which is crazy. It is crazy. But here we are. And so we've got a couple of things here. Uh the Census Bureau, US Census Bureau noted, we are accurately aware, acutely, excuse me, aware of the difficulties that this delay, delayed delivery of the redistricting data will cause some states, Alaska being one of them. Some states have statutory or even state constitutional deadlines and processes that will that they will not, oh, excuse me, that they will have to address due to this delay. You think? Oh, oh you, th- you think? Bad news. Bad news. So uh, I'm concerned about this. I think if you're an Alaskan that votes, particularly as you look at your surrounding communities here in Anchorage, this is where I vote here in Anchorage. And uh, this is a problem. This is going to be a problem. Talk about fighting. This is not going to be pretty because they're going to run up against deadlines. They're going to run up against state statutes and constitutional um, processes. And and it's going to get ugly. So my hope is that they can beat that September 30th deadline. Now, worst case scenario is they blow past that and we're running into 2022, which that's a huge red flag. That's that's not okay. That is that is not okay at all. So those are some of the quick hits. Again, just just a couple things going on right now. But uh, but yeah, there, there's plenty of things around the state that we can talk about. But just due to time, we're going to go ahead and just move on. And and there's a main thing that I want to talk about today. And, and here's the reason I want to talk about it. Because I think it's indicative of where we are as a country. I think it's indicative of not just pandering, not just blatant disrespect, sex, you know, sexism, whatever you want to call it. But it's a willful. It is a willful lack of self-awareness it's a willful act of irony and contradiction and all of the above and and probably most of you with that setup know what i'm talking about but representative zach fields and what can only be described as not just a lack of self-awareness but also just a lack of common sense a lack of brain power in this i would say i mean if i would have to say that that is probably yeah, I would say that's what it is. It's just an absolute ridiculousness. Made a comment to uh, Sarah Rasmussen, Rep. Sarah Rasmussen, and in what he considered was just, "Hey, it was it was just a birthday wish." And so, you know, reading from the story in Must Read Alaska, and again, this is wild. In one of the most awkward moments in the Alaska State House this week, keep in mind, this was in session on the record, Rep. Zach Fields of Anchorage said into the record that the short skirt of Rep. Sarah Rasmussen was causing a traffic hazard in her district. He therefore would be sending her a pair of sweatpants for her birthday so she wouldn't be causing accidents in the future, he explained. Now, in his 
apology, which we'll get to, he does a great job of allaying here and saying, oh, it was just, you know, I was trying to wish her a happy birthday and it was all, you know, wrong and, and that, that's not the case and I wasn't trying to be sexist, but man, <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? What are you thinking? I mean, I don't care what political affiliation you are. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. That's just a bonehead thing to do. And so he said this immediately. And here's the other thing. Context is key for everything, right, guys? In life, you know, sometimes it's important to have conversations not at the moment you want to have them because it's just not an appropriate time to do that, let alone make an inappropriate sexist joke. But his remarks came right after Rasmussen announced that herself and Rep. Ivy Spongholds were going to be forming the Women's Caucus in the House. So just, just take a moment. Sarah's making the speech. She's saying, hey, we're going to form the Women's Caucus in the House. She then goes on to talk about the contributions of women, their roles as decision makers, how proud she was to be a, a model leader for her daughter and her son. And then... Fields gets up and makes that comment about short skirts and sending her sweatpants for her birthday. I mean, holy moly, dude. What in the... I, 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 It's hard for me to put into words the lack of emotional intelligence, the lack of awareness, the lack of self-awareness, the lack of brain power to do that. To do that at all. And, and I think what's more important, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, not just because it's it's really a dumb thing to do. And again, I can't stress enough. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. When you make stupid comments like that, and it's stupid, right after the person you're making the comment about just gave a speech about the Women's Caucus and the fact that there are women leaders. And Rasmussen, who's a registered Republican, is joining with a registered Democrat, Ivy Smongles, to create this Women's Caucus. So it's a, it's a bipartisan effort. And you make a joke like that? Now, okay, dumb move. The problem is this. The problem that is actually on top of this problem, which is already bad enough, is the fact that this is the same party who has pushed the Me Too movement who has used their platform to say that anybody that has a differing opinion on women at all, whether it's just they don't agree with their position on something politically, is sexist. It doesn't matter. They have weaponized sexists. The term sexist, excuse me. They've weaponized the term sexist to apply it to even things that are not sexist. And I'm telling you, I've seen it. Anybody that disagrees with somebody that's that, and I've seen it, Literally, again, this is anecdotal, but in my, even my own friend group, as a as a way to say like, hey, don't disagree with her. That's sexist. Don't mansplain. That's another thing. Don't mansplain. So it's a it's a covert way of don't be sexist. And this is the party that pushes that. And and listen, Zach Fields is standing right behind that. He believes he is the bastion of that party. And so to 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 stand behind that as a political ideology and as uh, a way to weaponize the word sexist, to then do what you did in terms of the remarks you made to Rasmussen. It, I mean, again, I, this is why people have a hard time in general, because it's ridiculous. 
it's a ridiculous, it's not even ironic, it's sad. It's sad and it goes to the actual point is that a lot of Democrats, a lot of left-leaning people use this ivory tower, this righteousness, this pious attitude, right? This virtue signaling, I think is the buzzword. But in the but when a push comes to the shove, they are exactly who they're fighting against. And this is a prime example of that with Zach Fields. I mean, this guy has paraded around for since I've been here in regards to all of these things that he is now showing himself to be. And Sextus is one of them. So Zach Fields issues an apology. So he privately apologizes to Rasmussen, but then issues a Facebook apology. Now, get ready for this dodge and sweep. I'm going to read you the Facebook uh, note he wrote. He writes, I made a mistake yesterday. Yeah, you think? And a floor statement wishing Rep Rasmussen a happy birthday. Stop right there. I made a mistake. Listen, words are everything. And I've been in PR for a long time. That opening statement right there says everything you need to know. I made a mistake. The action, the action in the place in which he made the mistake was wishing Rep Rasmussen a happy birthday. Do you see what he did there? I want you all to be aware. When you start reading statements from politicians, (laughs) just be aware. They have really smart people that know how to craft a statement that pushes the blame away from their candidate or their representative or their congressman, their senator, and onto somebody else for their stupidity. And this is a prime example. That first statement right there. And I know you guys out there can see through this, but I just want, for those of you who just like are, oh, he was just trying to wish your happy birthday. No, no. I made a mistake yesterday in a floor statement on the record, wishing Rep Rasmussen a happy birthday. I apologized yesterday afternoon. She, he continues, I apologized yesterday afternoon to her and also apologize to my colleagues and Alaskans more broadly. Really? So what did you apologize for? Did you apologize for the statement wishing Sarah a happy birthday? Did you apologize for the stupidity that was the comment that came out of your mouth? That's really what I want to know. Now, I'm typically not a guy that's going to try to go after anybody specifically, even with some of the people that I wish would come on, like Forrest Dunbar. I mean, when you when you do something boneheaded, I will call it out. Both sides. I try to be as fair as possible. I mean, obviously, I have a, I have a specific way I think about things. I have a polit- political ideology that I adhere to. But, wow, dude. I made, again, the opening statement. I made a mistake in a floor statement wishing Rep Rasmussen a happy birthday. No, you made a mistake by being so unaware of the ridiculous irony that you were about to do that you decided to make a sexist comment about a short skirt on a colleague, public servant, who just got done saying that they were starting the Women's Caucus with a Democrat on your side of the political spectrum, and you decide to move that route. Well, listen, I think it's hard to move back and uh, and, and bring back some of those um, those things in terms of uh, trying to pull back the comments that you already made. You, you just can't do that. And nothing's more evident of that than how people responded to 
the actual apology on Facebook. I mean, listen, I, I am I am by no means I don't I don't think that long term this is gonna have any effect on Zach Fields long term. But I can tell you this, it, it did not come across well to the point where he actually updated his statement. And I'm going to read you the update on here. Um, but I can tell you the reason he updated. And and again, people are giving him a pass. I, I'm reading these as I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, I mean, it, still, he's still getting lambasted even after this update. But he updates it. And remember, the initial apology was as such. Okay. I made a mistake yesterday in a floor statement wishing Rep Rasmussen a happy birthday. Deflecting all comments about really what he made. So here's his updated statement. My statement on the House floor were inappropriate and in poor taste. That's a little better, I guess. I called Rep Rasmussen yesterday to apologize, but it's taken me too long to make the same sincere apology publicly. Here we go. Here we go. I love these. I love these backtracking statements. What it is is these... It was a a balloon trial balloon to go out there and see if I can get away with just saying the bare minimum and deflecting, and it didn't work. And now I have to actually make an apology, which I don't really care to do because I don't I don't. How do you believe him now? If you were really sincere, you should have done it initially. I say that about anybody. We all do these things. I mean, I've been guilty of it in PR too as a writer. Absolutely, because you, you're trying you're trying to move on. So listen, I know how the sausage is made, and let me tell you, people are lambasting him again. I'm look, I'm scrolling through this as I'm talking to you. Um, probably not a great thing. Maybe I'm not a great multitasker, but uh, yeah. So he says uh, it's been too long for to make that same sincere apology publicly. I know my comments impacted on harm not only just Rep Rasmussen but many women, and for that I'm deeply sorry. I am grateful for Rep Rasmussen for accepting my apology, but I know I must earn back lost trust, and I'm committed to doing that. I mean, standard boilerplate stuff. Yep, I'm a terrible person. I shouldn't have detoated this long. Women deserve better. And and all that is true. It just doesn't hold the same water when it's have to, It's an updated statement. It wasn't your initial push. And and I'm sorry, I don't have any, I don't have any time for that. I mean, yet I don't see this anywhere in the ADN. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Let me, let me go now. Let me see if I see this on the ADN page. If it's there, it's probably buried. But um, let's see. Homepage today. Um, I don't go here a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on the homepage, guys. Wow, that's a that's interesting. I still see Dunleavy test positive for COVID, but I'm not seeing a thing in regard. Oh, 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 hang on. I take that back. James Brooks. Anchorage Democrat apologizes for sexist remark in-house. Uh, I won't read you the, I mean, I don't really care anyways. I'm not going to pay money for it. But point is, is I guess it's there. So I take it back. Listen, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll take it back. But that's here we are. And again, my point in saying all this is, yeah, it's it's distasteful. And I think it's disgusting. And furthermore, it, it you know, when you sit there and you rally against other people, um, namely, I'm not going to go into it, but there's been recent issues on the Republican side with some of these things that have been, used as a gaslighting for many other things uh, politically and then for you to do it and then to come out initially with some bogus half-hearted really blaming the fact that you had to wish her a happy birthday for the mistake as opposed to owning up for what you did 
that's brutal, dude. That is brutal. And listen, the people let you hear about it and then you had to update it, which then at that point makes it look just unsincere and you're just doing it because you got the backlash. Um, you know, PR 101. Am I right? But well, guys, that's about it for today. Um, I've talked a lot about this. We got some quick hits. There's a lot of things going on. But as as always, you can find us on numerous different platforms, MeWe, Parlor, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all with the handle must read alaska all one word you can also find out all this content as well on the mustreadalaska.com website and if you uh, want to support what we're doing and help us continue to put out great content and content for you guys uh, you can do so by going to mustreadalaska.com in the top right there's a donation button there you can push that donation button and we appreciate all of our listeners all of our readers and all of our supporters without you guys this definitely would not be possible so uh that's it for me this week you guys take care and i'll talk to you next week